Hey, how you guys doing? It's the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to This Week in the Association, our NBA recap show. Uh, on the line tonight, I have my uh, my favorite. Uh, he's a snubbed all-star, unfortunately, y'all. It's Will Stack. Will Stack's in the house. I can't believe they left me off. What's up? Yeah. What's up? That's right, man. They put on Al Horford, man. If Al Horford can make it, either one of us can make it. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, well, we're just uh, kind of recapping the, the past week. Uh, a lot of news in the NBA this past week, uh, so we'll go over it through our four quarters. But as always, we get to the jump ball topic, and our jump ball topic is usually not related to basketball, so it's kind of going to be two parts, one related, one not. Uh, first up, uh, we are big sports fans here at Brothers Comics, and as well as the two people on this podcast. Uh, the Australian Open's going on uh, down under. Been watching a lot of tennis at four and five in the morning before I get ready for work. And uh, Roger Federer... Uh, this morning makes it into the semifinals of the Australian Open at 36 years old, which is literally unheard of for men's tennis. Uh, what do you think about the accomplishments of uh, of Club Fed possibly getting 20th his 20th major? Well, I tell you, absolutely amazing. When he was at his 15th major and he lost uh, the last couple uh, at that time, I said, "Oh, I believe um, he's won his last major." I think he's uh, still will hang around, but he won't be good enough to win another major. And that was four majors ago. Uh, 36 years old is ancient in the uh, tennis uh, world. However, he seems to be like a fine-tuned machine where he's out there taking care of business. And in this case, this year in the Aussie Open, he's doing it in quick fashion, has yet to lose a set. Uh, club fed steamrolling into the semifinals. Yeah, it's just amazing. I mean, again, we've been long-time watchers of, of tennis. You know, men at 30 is usually the slip drop-off. Um, and so it, what he's doing is literally unheard of. And even though Rafa, you know, kind of got injured or whatever, what he's doing is kind of unheard of. And on top of that, even though she's not playing, what Serena's doing is unheard of in, in modern tennis where people are well into their 30s winning Grand Slams and, and oftentimes and just going away and oftentimes or one time even pregnant uh, while they're doing it. So uh, just just big things. So we reading for Club Fed at, I don't know, 6 in the morning, uh, <laughs> Sunday morning trying to watch that final, probably against Marin Cilic. Uh, should be a really good match. All right, so that's the first part of the jump ball. Uh, to reset again, uh, we get a coach firing over this past week. Jason Kidd gets run off from the Milwaukee Bucks uh, after in the middle of his third season or about the middle of his third season, a little bit under 500 in his three seasons in Milwaukee. Uh, I know I texted you about it when I saw it, and your response was, what? So Jason Kidd gets run. Yeah, I was a little surprised, um, you know, when I did uh, hear the news that Jason Kidd, I mean, the team – uh, had been playing well. Now, maybe underachieving for what some people were expecting. I was expecting a little more. But they still were over 500 just by a couple of games uh, in the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference with still plenty of time to go. You know, but, you know, whenever there's a, a small discussion, it seems, you know, with the team star, whether he's on your side, it seems maybe a little bit. But then on the same side, maybe not. You know, sometimes uh, a coaching change is necessary. And Jason Kidd, he definitely made some changes uh, in Milwaukee, but uh, just wasn't getting the job done enough 
in the eyes of the owners of the Bucks. Seems a little early uh, since he doesn't get a chance to get the full complement of players with Jabari Parker not all the way back. Uh, you would have thought that he would have gotten at least that run to get the full, you know, the full squad together before you run him out of town. Yeah, I agree. You know, you got to look at the total package. You know, of course, you got to start with Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, you know, with Middleton, uh, with uh, Malcolm Brogdon. So, and then with the addition of Eric Bledsoe who's come in and done some great things. Then, as you mentioned, Jabari Parker still slowly getting back. Uh, he put him back in the mix. That might change the whole team. But, yeah, Jason Kidd won't be around to see that. You'll have to see it probably working for ESPN. <laughs> Sounded like uh, and the, the the story got out where he he knew about coach getting fired before coach knew about coach getting fired, and he kind of let let coach get the heads up beforehand. Um, so yeah, not uh, it's a weird situation in Milwaukee. Remember, you have a star in a small market. Uh, this modern NBA doesn't do that very well. So it'll be interesting to see if he. Uh, even though he says he wants to stick it out in um, in Milwaukee, let's see if he sticks it out all the way. Well, with no Jason Kidd, I see absolutely no way that Antetokounmpo will spend any time past his rookie contract in Milwaukee. Once uh, probably next year, uh, he'll play out the string if he doesn't get traded. You know, in just a, a dump type of move, he'll play his rookie contract, become a free agent, and he'll be on the move. He'll get offered the big contract, but I can't see him standing in Milwaukee. Yeah, I can't either. All right. Let's get into the first quarter. Uh, trouble in Cleveland, man. Uh, congrats to the, to the young king, LeBron James, uh, reaches 30,000 points, fastest player to do so. Uh, seven people in that club, he gets that last seat. Uh, but they've lost 10 of 13, uh, lose to the underhanded or – like undermanned Spurs last night who sat everybody and they still lose to the Spurs last night. Uh, what's going on in Cleveland? Well, let's talk about LeBron first reaching that 30,000, you know, um, with Kareem being the all-time leading scorer, LeBron reaching 30,000 being the seventh person, as you mentioned, not even known as a scorer, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, however, 30,000 is uh, obviously a huge accomplishment. Probably, if he continues on a adequate pace, we'll definitely catch uh, Kareem uh, probably within the next four years if he were to stick around. However, also look at it like this. He will likely also finish in the top five in assists. Think about that. Over 30,000 points probably ending up in the top five and probably finishing in the top five in assists. That's unheard of numbers for LeBron. For the team, however, the team, they're looking pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. As uh, There's total chaos. After the uh, team meeting, you know, they said, hey, team meeting should bring about some results. Well, it brought about another result, a loss. You know, there was some finger-pointing. Uh, Kevin Love always seems to be the the brunt of all finger-pointing. Uh, if I were him, I would want to get out personally. But um, still brought no results. Um, I don't see any coaching changes. Tyron Lue mentioned a lineup change. 
something has to change in Cleveland because they're in free fall mode since Christmas. Yeah, it. They have no tradable assets except the pick from Brooklyn, IT, and Kevin Love. Everybody else is over the age of, I think, 33. That's on that squad. Um, and they have no tradable assets. There's a little rumor out there that they may be trading for George Hill for some replaceable parts, uh, Channing Fry, and maybe Amon Shumpert. Uh, George Hill can come in and hit, you know, spot up threes and play some defense out on the on the perimeter. But, Oh, George that, Hill, gonna... is, he's no young pup either. That's, yeah. adding, <laughs> that's adding more age to the to the agent. So I don't right. see uh, George Hill, you know, other than a salary dump of sorts of uh, Shumpert, um, you know, bringing that much to the team. However, you know, he is a veteran, added with more veterans on Cleveland. Maybe uh, some small spark could be given you got to shuffle the lineup if I'm coach Tyron Luke. Yeah, it, and it seems like, you know, they went with this kind of ultra-small lineup that worked for them in small bits against Golden State where you have Kevin Love at the five, but they have literally no rim protection with him down there. And defense is really kind of um, – um, it's like it's, it's a recommendation. It's not really being played right now. This is coming off the 148 they give up to um, – to Oklahoma City on Saturday afternoon, uh, which was just an absolute embarrassment, a game that they wind up losing by 24. This doesn't seem like the usual Cavs January lull. It seems um, not permanent, but it, it definitely seems like it's sticking around for a bit. Well, they have to make a, a drastic move. They have to make a drastic move. Kevin Love likely should go. That would be a drastic move. You know, there's been the talk of the DeAndre Jordan coming over in the Khloe Kardashian trade, I mean, Tristan Thompson trade, <laughs> uh, you know, with the Clippers. You know, that's a drastic move. Something drastic has to be done. So, you know, small moves, George Hill, whoop de do. that's not going to do much for you. Something big has to be done. They got a, about three weeks or so to make it happen. Um got to do big things uh, to make a playoff push, let alone even think about making the finals. Right. Yeah, there was a little uh, listening to the radio today was, you know, talk about this, and I think we brought this up on the podcast, too, about, you know, maybe you see if you can get, if it's going this way, maybe you get a way to see if you can get LeBron to waive his no-trade clause because, you know, it sounds like he's leaving. It feels like he's leaving anyway. Maybe there's a chance that you don't have to go into full rebuild mode if you could, you know, maybe move him on. But, I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't agree to it. That would be the super-duper ballsiest move in possibly the history of the NBA. Um, <laughs> but that is that is something drastic. You know, LeBron, like you said, if he already sees the writing on the wall, maybe he does say, hey, you know, Send me back down to Miami, and then they already got a couple pieces. I can join in with that crew and possibly make a run or, or you know, possibly sending maybe to Washington and join with John Wall and Bradley Beal and uh, send Otto Porter and his giant contract to Cleveland. Something like that, a drastic move has to be made. Um, otherwise, Cleveland could be uh, early exit come playoff time. Yeah, only half a game up on the Heat right now for the um, for the third seed in the East. Um, 
So yeah, I, I don't know. It just it looks bad. I watched that Oklahoma City game, uh, and they, it was competitive really until the fourth quarter, and then it just it snowballed on them, man. And there was just people just running unaccosted to the rim, dunks, layups. I mean, it just it just fell apart yeah. completely, like in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It looked like an all-star game almost yeah. Oklahoma City. They were just toying with the Cavs and, yeah. you know, sitting on the bench making jokes on the side. Not a look Cleveland wants to have happen. Um, definitely not something LeBron James uh, wants to see. Yeah, real quick, we'll, we'll side on the thing. It's about LeBron and the team or whatever. Did you see the Instagram post, and did you feel it was a little too self-congratulatory? That was pure comedy by LeBron, I must say, to <laughs> congratulate himself before he did it, uh, you know, before the game was even played. And, uh, you know, I know there was some tongue-in-cheek probably in it, you know, on the same note. But then, um, you know, LeBron, he went, he, went, he went there on that one, boy, for yeah. sure. Uh, <laughs> entertainment value, for sure. Uh, hey, give it up to LeBron. The the young king the young has, uh, grown, has grown up to uh, yeah. join the thirty thousand club. Yeah, hashtag kid from Akron too. I'm like, I <laughs> <laughs> follow him on Instagram. You know, I saw it. I was just like, is this for real? Like, I saw the picture of him in his like his high school uniform. I guess I was like a freshman or something. And I was thinking maybe somebody posted that to his story but no it was from him so no that was all yeah. about <laughs> all right all right we brought up the San Antonio Spurs as we hit the second quarter we brought them up uh in their win over the Cavs last night uh but out of San Antonio this week stories that Kawhi Leonard is unhappy in San Antonio uh a little injury coming a uh, little slow coming back from his injury uh maybe wanting to get a second opinion Cavs uh Cavs the Spurs wanting there uh, surgery versus rehab, uh, just a little bit unhappy. I saw somebody post on Twitter, though, that was like, how would you know that Kawhi Leonard was unhappy? Um, because right. expression he never doesn't talked. change. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't, his expression never changes anyway. So uh, is this just something, you know, to because he's being injured, everybody gets in their feelings when they're hurt, uh, something that uh, Pop can smooth over, big deal, little deal, no deal, to steal from PTI. I think it's a big deal, um, you know, for A, uh, just problems in San Antonio, not something you would relate to the San Antonio Spur franchise. Usually a smooth-run franchise, even with some new pieces coming in, usually just have easy transition, you know, to be compared similarly to the New England Patriots, if you will, in the NFL. So this is rare, for San Antonio, which to me makes it a big deal. Uh, one other report has uh, Kawhi saying uh, it's difficult, it seems, for San Antonio to attract uh, a big-name free agent to join him in San Antonio, which is another reason he may want to get out. So um, it's definitely not uh, a little thing if he does have surgery this year and miss the rest of the year. That would definitely put a dent in San Antonio. And then for the future, you never know. Maybe a, a trade with him or maybe he'll get his demands and uh, they'll get somebody else in. Um, but, yeah, it is very rare uh, for San Antonio. And, yes, it is a big deal. 
know, they've made this transition here um, in the Spurs because, again, talking if the they got to be the second oldest team in the league if the Cavs are first. Uh, Manu, I think, is 40. Tony Parker, because he started so young, I think he's like in his mid-30s as well. Uh, Marcus Aldridge in his early 30s. Um, and so they made the transition. Parker's now coming off the bench. It was DeJounte Murray, I believe, is the new point guard, the new starting point guard, uh, who balled against the, uh, against the Cavs last night. Um, it's just like... I don't know. I, you know, there's an actual – I heard Stephen A. talking the other day about, you know, that was one of the teams he heard that LeBron was going to go to, was going to go down to San Antonio because he had Kawhi Leonard, because he had so much respect for Popovich. Um, you know, so that – him unhappy there could have a lot of, you know, domino effects on, you know, the possibility even where LeBron goes. But uh, could you see LeBron in San Antonio, though? It doesn't really make any sense. Uh, tough fit, you know, obviously LeBron would have to, uh, you know, if he wants to play the quote-unquote San Antonio way, would have to adjust his game slightly, but, you know, he is um, somebody that can do that. However, um, would San Antonio adjust their game for LeBron? So that would be something big. It would be very interesting to see him pair with the healthy Kawhi Leonard. Um, so. The future will tell. Uh, next year uh, will be a big year in San Antonio, either with Kawhi or without. Who knows? Um, but there is some trouble in San Antonio. Yeah, it's, it's, and you don't hear it, like you said, and you just don't hear it coming out from there. Uh, there was a story that LaMarcus Aldridge said he wanted out, you know, uh, before the start of this season. Popovich goes in, and in an hour he's signing an extension. You know, I mean, they they squash stuff very quickly, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Uh, you know, again, that transition for the Spurs is going to happen, uh, and Kawhi Leonard needs to be a part of it because if he's not for some reason, I don't see any reason for Popovich to hang around there either. And uh, San Antonio will be back to the Spurs that that we used to know uh, twenty <laughs> like thirty years ago, uh, where it was just like some place that people like play basketball and not going to be mo- known for much of anything anymore. That is true. That is true. The Spurs um, are not the Spurs of the 90s anymore. That's for sure. No, no doubt. All right. So let's hit the halftime as Nasir Jones brings us in. Um, All-Star. We talked about the All-Star game in the new format last week. Uh, the starters were announced this week as well as the reserves. And as always, there's always going to be some of the all-star snubs. Um, there was one, there's a couple of them that, there's one that really sticks out that makes no sense to how he's not on the all-star team. And we'll probably come to the same agreement on that. But before we get to the snubs, was anybody on either squad that you were like, how in the heck did he make it besides Al Horford? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Al Horford is definitely the person that sticks out. Um, Kevin Love, I, I could even say, you know, I don't think he's having an all-star season. Um, so those two in the East, I thought the West was solid. You know, I didn't see any any body that really could be left off, you know, but definitely a couple people could be at it that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, as you mentioned, Al Horford, um, I think the thought was, we got to get somebody else from Boston besides Kyrie. Yeah. Well, who could it be? Oh, Al Horford. And that's how they came to him as an all-star reserve. That's the only <laughs> other way I can see it. But um, he's he's played very well. 
for that team, but definitely not at the all-star level. Yeah, Chris Stapps Porzingis shouldn't be on there either, in my humble opinion, because he's missed so many games. Um, you know, I, just, I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a sort of believer in the unicorn, um, but he gets quite a few nights off, and I think it was something he's like, oh, I was tired. I'm like, he's like 24. <laughs> what are uh, you tired about, man? Like, you can't play like every other day. Like, I, I don't get it. Uh, but yeah, all right. So let's look at some of the snubs. Who's your top snub? Uh, well, the top snub, I'll say in the East, top snub in the East, I'll go Andre Drummond, and even I'll put him there because I don't want Al Horford there, so I will put Andre Drummond <laughs> in um, just for that, you know, league leader in rebounding, uh, you know, for a Detroit team that at one point was amongst the leaders in the East earlier in the year, they're still hanging around in playoff positioning large part to Andre Drummond so if you know I, he definitely would deserve a spot more so than Al Horford so uh, that, that's one in the east in the west a um, couple names but I'll say Lou Williams I mean mm-hmm. Lou Williams for the LA Clippers he has kept the Clippers afloat uh, when Blake Griffin was out Williams stepped up when Blake Griffin came back Williams was still balling uh, six man off the bench uh, starter wherever you put him Lou Williams has come in and contributed well for the Clippers still keeping them relevant in a season that many thought would be a transition year so uh, kind of disappointing uh, he definitely deserved to be there right um, I was swinging out west I think the most glaring one is, is Paul George um, Paul George doesn't make their all-star team uh, it just doesn't make any sense. And I don't know, it's harder to make the team out west, especially when you're playing like a swing position 3-4. Uh, but, man, golly, uh, the dude, if you take him off of Oklahoma City, and we're going to talk about them here in a little bit, if you take him off, they're even worse than they currently are. Not that they're such a bad team, but uh, they struggle. I mean, the fact that he's on uh, – yeah, he, he, should be, he should be on the all-star team, period, point blank. Well, I- I think he's not on kind of the same reason Horford is, you know, the all-star, you know, reserves were, were selected like, oh man, Oklahoma City, they got the big three with Carmelo, Paul George, and, and Russ, but they're not playing that great, so maybe it should just be Russ as opposed to the other way around with Horford. So he probably got left off because of the teams not having success that many thought they would have. And so he's probably left off for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just weird. Uh, and, and looking at the rosters, I mean, thank goodness they went through this draft process because if you look at the East roster, woo. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely <laughs> not, not a, a roster that would, uh, it's a quality roster, if you say, from the East, but definitely not a roster that would scare you, so to speak. You know, would besides LeBron, Kyrie, and Giannis, other than those three, you know, yeah. John Wall, of course, is solid, but uh, who would be the fifth starter if you had a starting five just from those, um, you know, besides, you know, what they named, uh, who would be. Um, so that's a, a very... Uh, Okay, all-star team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, team. 
Yeah, very okay. Uh, so they will do the draft format that they talked about, but they're not going to televise it because just people getting their feelings hurt. Um, LeBron and Steph Curry wind up being the top two vote getters in the East and the West, uh, so they can pick their starters from either squad uh, from East or West. Um, just that is shooting off a guess because both of them dudes are both politically correct. Um, who do you think LeBron's first pick is going to be? Well, uh, you know, I would love for if LeBron has first pick, he take Kevin Durant. Yeah. And then if Steph then follows, he take Giannis. And then go from there. You know, that's okay. what I would like to see. But, of course, LeBron will take Giannis and Curry will take Durant, which would just be too safe. You know, and I think the NBA is missing out, not televising it. Oh, I think my it God. Could be, you know, a, a nice 90-minute uh, production. You know, I can't believe ESPN or whatever, whoever, ABC didn't put in their two cents uh, to try to get it televised. So if there's one mistake uh, Commissioner Silva is making is not having this televised, I think it could be a great theater. If they can televise the... The lottery, they can definitely televise uh, the all-star draft, if you will. So yeah. uh, big mistake, in my opinion, by the NBA. I would pay huge money to see Chris Stapp Porzingis doing a, uh, sitting in the green room still, um, just waiting to get picked. <laughs> waiting to get picked, yeah. Yeah, just waiting, man. You know, just <laughs> I could just but, yeah, like Aaron Rodgers, just sitting there forever waiting for him to get picked. But on another all-star note, this is baffling to me. Uh, 76ers center uh, Joel Embiid, you know, an all-star starter, definitely well-deserved, although he's on limited minutes. You know, he's still on the minute restriction. So if you're on minute restriction, how are you playing in the rising star game and the all-star game? That absolutely makes zero sense to me. If you are on a minute uh, limit through the season, you're going to play double on All-Star Weekend. Um, makes no sense to me, but, um, you know, they don't pay me. So, yeah. but uh, doesn't make maybe, sense. Maybe he's trying to get his uh, his profile up for more dates for Rihanna. Well, I, think I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Rihanna, I'm playing in two All-Star games now. Yeah. Hey, now exactly. got to go on this date. So. Yeah, you told me yeah. to holler at you when I made, became an All-Star, so uh, I'm hollering at you. Uh, yeah, way to shoot your shot, young king. Um, wait, <laughs> for real. I'm not sure how yeah. many years Rihanna probably has on him. She's got to be probably a solid five to seven years older than him. So, uh, yeah. Uh, keep shooting your shot there, Chief. Uh, good job. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, let's head into the third quarter. Uh, we're going streaking. Uh, let's start with the winners first. I brought up Oklahoma City before. Five in a row this time. Uh, they are probably the streakiest team in the NBA, man. The ups and downs are incredible. You know, they started slow. They had a nice run there. And just when we thought they turned the corner... Four out of five, uh, a couple terrible losses at home. 
And now, like you mentioned, come back with five straight. Are they turning that corner again where they're playing like we thought they would? Probably not. Probably coming <laughs> off uh, after five straight, probably look for a two and five for the next seven. Uh, and that'll put them right back uh, where they were. But, hey, hopefully they turn the corner. Uh, and the team seems they're playing well. Maybe that win over Cleveland uh, gave them an ultra boost of confidence uh, to keep them playing well. Um, but, you know, as we mentioned, they're super streaky. You never know with OKC. Yeah. it's yeah. Yeah, I, Every time I want to believe, they'll lose to the, the Nets. So, um, yeah, I'm good. I, I, can't, I can't trust them. All right. Uh, also, the, the Rockets, though, uh, three in a row, big win over the Dubs on Sunday, uh, Saturday night as the, the NBA starts their premiere on ABCs on Saturday night. Uh, they're three or 17 and 0 with their big three, Clint Capella, uh, CP3, and James Harden. Uh, wait, comes, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Clint Capella, uh, Capella makes a big three. Uh, hey, uh, hey, he's <laughs> man. 17 and 0. 17-0 You're right. When they're in the lineup, it does make uh, it makes a difference, you know. Yeah. Calling them a big three might be a stretch, but they are putting <laughs> up, uh, putting up uh, the numbers um, when they're together. You know, even Capella stated that they're better than Golden State. Hey, they beat them twice. Can you beat them in a seven-game series? That is still yet to be seen. But uh, they are playing well. Uh, since Harden come back from his injury, uh, you know, right back where he he left off, um, the Rockets are are rolling right now. Yeah, we talked about uh, CP3 being that guy or that dude. Uh, since he's come back from his injury, he's like twenty six and eight. Uh, you know, he, he's balling out of his mind, which is a good thing. But as you said, as we get closer to the playoffs, you know, will he be healthy? You know, so many times that you get close to the end, he kind of falls apart, and then actually being able to compete and win past the second round of the playoffs. So, um, yeah, until they until he does it, until they do it, um, you got to be a little bit uh, a little bit weary of the Rockets. Hey, and the Lakers, man, three in a row, uh, big win over Boston last night, one hundred eight to one hundred seven at Staples, um, without the big baller himself. Uh, Lonzo Ball's been out for the past seven, six games. Uh, hasn't played a uh, shoulder injury, and from the sounds of it, he might be out for a while, although I, I magically imagine he'll get better in time uh, for the uh, first years versus second years at the All-Star game. Yeah, I definitely see him playing in the Rising Star game at All-Star weekend. Um, you know, the Lakers are showing some fight. You know, that's the best way we can put it, showing some fight. Uh, they still got a lot of work to do as a team, but, hey, they are fighting a lot of close games of late and winning these three, winning that close game versus a nice Celtics team. You know, hey, that'll give a young team some confidence. So um, the Lakers uh, could be trending up. And uh, if LeBron, uh, Lonzo Ball comes back and adds to the mix, uh, you know, they could keep trending in the right direction, expect some trades, so possibly – uh, shaking up that roster before uh, the trade deadline. But, hey, the Lakers are playing some good ball. Give them some credit. Uh, they have um, maybe turned a corner in their small way as well. 
may have stumbled on into a star slash superstar like Kyle Kuzma as um that kid can score. Uh, he might have some other aspects of his game to work on, but he can put the rock in the basket. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma, a a late first round pick out of Utah. Uh, you got to give him some credit. You know, he knew he was coming in as a, a a second fiddle, if you will, with Lonzo Ball. But he's come in, played great in the summer league, and has continued playing great in the regular season. Uh, you got to give him credit. Um, he is um, putting up some big numbers. As you mentioned, he can score the ball. Uh, he's got some good size, uh, can shoot from distance, can get you on the post. Um, you know, he's only going to get better. So the Lakers definitely found a diamond in the rough in Kyle Kuzma. Yep. On the other side of it, uh, Detroit basketball. Five losses in a row finally fell out of the um, the playoff seedings. It took them a while, man. They started off so strong. They've finally fallen out to the ninth seed with uh, the Sixers jumping into the eighth spot. Um, they just have no superstars. I mean, that's basically it. You just can't win without them. You can't score. They need more scores. You know, again, if Tobias Harris is your leading scorer, you already know uh, he's a tremendous role player, but he's definitely not a, a leading scorer. Uh, so if he's leading your team in scoring, then we know something's not right. you got to get some people that can put the ball in the cup. We mentioned Andre Drummond, probably an all-star snub, but he's only a snub because he gets a lot of rebounds and blocks a few shots. Definitely, again, not somebody that's going to score the ball for you. Um, he's a, a big body. But, um, yeah, Stan Van Gundy has a lot of work to do in Detroit. Uh, they can hang around and uh, maybe squeak in in that eight seed, but uh, they got some work to do. Yeah, it's just it's hard. And I was thinking too, you know, kind of players like Andre Drummond, uh, DeAndre Jordan, um, Hassan Whiteside. You know, those kind of bigs that you know play a version of basketball that really isn't the basketball that's played anymore. And, you know, like them in all-star games, it really doesn't even make any sense. You know what I mean? Like they're just going to kind of run up, plod up and down the floor. And not a lot, you know, DeAndre would get a bunch of alley-oops and dunks or whatever. But you know what I mean? They just don't even fit like the all-star game mode anymore. Yeah, they they uh, definitely came around about 25 years or so too late <laughs> when you had your back-to-the-basket type big men. Um, you know, although, you know, there are some big men uh, coming down the pike in the college ranks these days that might uh, swing the pendulum a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's just not a big man's game anymore. Still good to be tall, but uh, you better be able to shoot as well, and that's not the strength of especially, say, those guys that you mentioned. Um, you know, so it's not a big man's game like it used to be. Yeah. All right, and then uh, the Celtics uh, loses a four in a row. They seem to kind of hit a ceiling here. They had their big winning streak at the beginning, and then it kind of went 500, and now we're on a four-game losing streak uh, here over the last two weeks. Um, What's going on in Boston? They're still defending. They're having a hard time scoring, too, now. Still defending. Uh, I'm going to look at the the young guys, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, especially the rookie Tatum this time. You know, has he hit the hit the rookie wall, if you will? Um, you know, struggling a little bit of late. You know, tweaked the knee a little bit when they played in London. So could that be uh, something that's nagging, that's you know, hanging around a little bit? Uh, 
but, you know, they got to get the production from the young guys, Brown and Tatum. Uh, they make the team go. Of course, you got Kyrie uh, doing his thing, but he needs those young guns um, to help him out, you know. But, again, anytime you defend, you're going to be in a game. So I think uh, probably after the All-Star break, uh, you'll probably see a, a nice run uh, by the Celtics out the gate. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I watched them play a little bit the other day. I forget which game that was. I'm like, man, they're having a real time getting the ball in the basket outside of Kyrie. Uh, some video stuff on Instagram of um, I was the kid that broke his leg from Utah out shooting stand up jumpers, not moving, not running or anything, just shooting. Uh, Gordon Hayward shooting stand up jumpers uh, from the three point range. Uh, I, I get the strange feeling that that kid's going to try to come back for the playoff. Well, you know, he hasn't technically been ruled out. So, um, you know, he can come back. Um, and, you know, when he broke his, his ankle, it was a quote-unquote good break. It was a clean break that was easy to reset, uh, was made rehab, uh, you know, much easier. So he's definitely headed in the right direction. And, um I think we'll see him uh, late in the regular season um, and see if he can do anything in the postseason. But, yeah, I do anticipate seeing him around game 65-70 at the end of the regular season. Yeah, it seems like he's coming back. It's just everything, it just seems, it's pointing in that direction. All right, let's get to the fourth quarter. Um, Players versus refs, Uh, a lot of, technicals, a lot of um, ejections um, over the past few weeks, really, with star players, you know. It's not just, you know, the random Rashid Wallace kind of person that's kind of constantly racking up text. Star players are getting text. Star players are getting run. Uh, even LeBron James got run for the first time in his career. And so there's this um, general thought that there's a little bit of players versus refs. And, you know, there's a lot of newer refs in the league. As some of the older refs have transitioned out over the past few years. So who gets the blame for this? Because it doesn't look good when you have your star players getting ejected and leading sports center, you know, yelling at referees. So who's going to get the blame for this? The players, the refs, or I like to call the coddled um, NBA culture, or NBA player of the, the modern day. Yeah, you got to blame the players and even got to blame society. It's a society thing where, you know, when you are, quote, unquote, entitled like these star players are, they feel, hey, they got the right to say what they want because they are generating the money. They are what's bringing the people to the stadium, to the arenas, uh, not the referees. So they feel they're in control. They can say what they want. Um, so, you know, and, you know, we work in a a profession around young people, uh, that, that these days, you know, things probably happen that definitely did not happen, uh, some time ago. And it's, uh, definitely a societal type of issue. And it's definitely carried over to the NBA where these young guns, if you will, feel that they could spout off out the mouth and it's okay. Kudos to the referees for teeing them up and running them if they need to. Um, You know, whether they're a superstar or not, uh, you know, some things you just cannot tolerate. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, the the players start to understand it. 
Um, and, hey, the refs got to do their jobs too. So, um, you know, like I said, kudos to the refs for running them. But it's definitely a societal issue, um, and the NBA is just uh, playing their part. Yeah, KD gets run last night, and even though he walked it back today, it was like, oh, the, the dude was out to get me, essentially. Uh, Mello was like, I'm done with these dudes. Um, it's just, it's just a bad look. Um, it's just a bad look. And, and unlike, and we know, you know, again, we watch a lot of sports here. Unlike, um, umpires in the major league baseball who are showing up to players, love to show them up and think that people came to see them. I generally don't get the sense that, you know, these, uh, these NBA refs are doing that, but I mean, you know, again, a lot of the ones that we grew up with, you know, have moved on, so to speak. So you got a new crop of refs that are coming up. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. It seems like a little bit of a coddled thing um, that the players have been able to get away with it for a little bit. And they put those rules in a couple of years ago where they weren't allowed to, like, you know, have those massive arm gestures and swinging when they were coming towards the refs and they would get teed up. And then it kind of went away for a while, but then it seems like it's back now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't look good, especially when your star players are getting run, you know, it, third quarters of games on national TV. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, sponsors are, oh, no, you know, when uh, those stars get ejected, uh, they feel some money might be lost in that aspect. But, you know, the the players have to understand, you know, and, and maybe, you know, LeBron, Chris Paul, uh, those type of leaders, Dwayne Wade, uh, Curry, maybe at the All-Star break, hey, might talk to, you know, hey, all the All-Stars get together and say, you know, hey, maybe we need to chill out a little bit, you know, on these refs. You know, what kind of example are we setting, you know, for the young kids that are watching us? You know, they're going to see us doing some of the things that we do, and they're going to start to emulate us. And, you know, that we know is definitely something that occurs quite a bit. So uh, hopefully, you know, the players will, you know, look themselves in the mirror you know, and uh, talk to each other and say, hey, we need to play some ball and stop all the extra because it's uh, not headed in a good direction. Yeah. The NBA is in such a high point right now in terms of players, personality, quality of play, all of those types of things. You don't want anything to take away from that at this point. You want to use LeBron's golden years and Golden State's golden dynasty here and you want to ride that out and make every bit of change uh that you can um off of it and you don't want to get uh eyes and uh tv sets turning off because of, you know people start to think the players are uh or it's not the inmates running the asylum or whatever all right so let's get to the closeout uh now I'm, and i know you well enough and we've known each other long enough i wanted to kind of touch on this really quick um the nba is moving towards gambling or approving gambling legalized gambling and they want a part of the profits so speak about them being able to make some money um the story out of there was like yeah they were gonna their, their proposal was yeah that's fine but they want one percent of all like bet so uh bet that hundred dollars whatever on that game then you there the nba is going to get a part of that profit which would generate a massive amount of extra money for the nba <laughs> i mean just a ridiculous amount of money as so many people must gamble on basketball it would be a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, contracts would skyrocket in the next uh, collective bargaining agreement. Um, you know, I think it's something that is inevitable. 
It is inevitable. Um, I don't think it's going to happen right now, but it's going to happen at some point. Um, you know, whenever you have that type of gambling and that type of money that can be made, you know, a lot of people are always going to be looking kind of side-eyed, saying, oh, that game, you know, how much money was on that game, you know. Uh, you know, the fix might have been in, you know. So you'll get more of that type of talk, um, and it's going to happen, you know. Just are we ready for it to happen? I don't think so right now, but it will happen. You can bet your money on that. There's no doubt about it. If the NBA gets into that, the NFL is going to get into it, and they will make, not that they don't make already billions of dollars, the NFL, if they get a percentage of the gambling money, they'll be wiping their tails with $100 bills. If they're not already doing that, um, holy crap. So, yeah, uh, money to be made. All right. So, yeah, so we get to the close out here uh, as we go through our list of teams of the best players of that particular uh, franchise. We get to the alphabetical order of the Brooklyn Nets because uh, they're the Brooklyn Nets now, not the New Jersey Nets. So we're going to have to combine the two franchises together uh, and be looking at the greatest player in Nets history. Uh, we'll call New Jersey. Uh, we'll call them Brooklyn and New Jersey. I don't want to get into the ABA Nets. Uh, do yeah, we have to get? <laughs> yeah, if you said Nets player, that would be so easy. And yeah, that's easy. The doctor Julius <laughs> Irving, yeah. and uh, but he played for the New York Nets, not the New Jersey Nets. So, but in the Brooklyn New Jersey Nets, in my opinion, the player is. And there's a few you got to look at. Some nice one, Derek Coleman, and and you had Buck Williams, you know, Michael Ray Richardson. But to me, the best player in Nets history is Jason Kidd. We yeah. spoke about him earlier being fired, but I'll talk about him as uh, the best player in in that time, New Jersey Net history. He played there from 2001 to 2008. Uh, he was second in the MVP voting behind Tim Duncan in 2001, uh, leading the Nets to the NBA Finals back-to-back years. Um, you know, wherever Jason Kidd went, he changed the team, and especially when he got to New Jersey, he definitely elevated that franchise. Uh, made Kenyon Martin rich, made him a yeah. lot of money, made Kerry Kittles rich, made him a lot of money. Um, you know, and he made that team a viable team in the East. Um, so my opinion, Jason Kidd, the best player in Nets history, New Jersey or Brooklyn. Yeah, he got me on that one too. That was my favorite one as well. I couldn't think of anybody else. You know, there's some other players in there that had some reasonable seasons there. Um, yeah, yeah. Rosin Petrovich, you know, what yeah. maybe could have been, you know, but, uh, yeah, Jason Kidd for sure. Yeah. Don't forget uh, about Dwayne Shintzis or, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he was uh, probably one of the best, uh, Billy Owens even, uh, but, yeah, got to go with um, Jason Kidd. Nice. Yeah, it was uh, Dare, I think, was a high draft pick for the Nets as well. Um, <laughs> I think that wasn't he. I think he was picked by the Nets uh, in the nineties when they didn't know what they were doing. Oh, so yeah. 
right, so all right, so that's Brooklyn Nets. All right, so we need close out music. What's the exit music this week? Oh, we're gonna exit this time. Um gonna take it back to nineteen ninety four. Murder was the case soundtrack. Uh been asked for some West Coast, so here it is, some West Coast sorta. Death Row Records. Sam Sneed, think you better recognize. You know, Sam Sneed is from Pittsburgh, but, um, <laughs> you know, he did uh, go to Cali and join the Death Row crew. Uh, so in 1994, with that uh, Murder Was the Case uh, soundtrack, Sam Sneed, this is dedicated to the new All-Stars. You better recognize Victor Oladipo and yeah. Stop Porzingis and Bradley Bill and uh, Joel and B, so you better recognize the Young Bucks are coming. Um, so big ups to those first-time All-Stars. This song is for you. All right. So as Sam Sneed starts to play us out, what is your game of the week? Uh, ABC is blessing us every week with some deep things. Uh, I'm going to take it a little different place. Uh, Oklahoma City at or excuse me philadelphia at oklahoma city sunday afternoon uh when they played in philly okc won a double overtime thriller uh, i think the 76ers will be looking for some payback so oklahoma city and philadelphia sunday afternoon is my game of the week all right i didn't really have one off the top of my head uh, besides the Boston Golden State game, uh, that's Saturday night in, in Oakland. Uh, Boston gets a chance to kind of right some wrongs here a little bit because um, they're definitely on the on the bad side of a losing streak here. Um, they head out there, you know, I'm sure they'll be up for that game. Um, so, yeah, that's my pick, although that's kind of just a cheat, basically. Um, because of you know the, uh, because of the Saturday night, uh, Golden State has a couple of decent games here coming up. They have Minnesota coming in, uh, I think tomorrow night, and then the big game on Saturday night. So uh, Golden State always gets up for those big games. Uh, just hadn't been able to you know beat the Rockets. They only go two and one. So yeah, all right. So good week, good night, uh, good games here coming up. All right. So again, as he starts to play us out, Will Stack, tell them where they can find you, man. Oh, you can look me up. Find me at Will Stacks, at Will Stacks on Instagram. Again, at Will Stacks on Instagram, at Mr. Waters 77 on Twitter, at Mr. Waters 77 on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you think of the show. Give me your thoughts. Maybe a song choice and maybe a topic we need to discuss. And we will put it on this week in the association. That's right, and you'll be able to find me, the producer of Brothers Comics, at Brothers Comics on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, all of those social media things. Just look, search at Brothers Comics. Uh, remember, this podcast is part of the Brothers Comics Podcast Network. Uh, find the show, find your life. Um, the intersection with Malika Salam. Uh, Unmasked, uh, the Mr. Robot Podcast. Uh, I Know What You Did Last Winter, our Game of Thrones recap podcast. Uh, the Brothers Comics Podcast with Flagship and the Marvel Hat. Uh, again, there has to be a show that has some interest to you somewhere, somehow, some way. There has to be a show on this network that has some interest to you. Uh, also, we're trying to get effort in. I don't know if you saw it yet because it, it's the second episode was last night. Did you get a chance to see Black Lightning last week? 
I did not. Uh, I am failing in my black life. Uh, my apologies. I will definitely catch up with your latest black superhero. Yeah, it's, it's decent and it is black. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> black I have ever seen committed to, to television. Uh, yeah, it's actually very good though. Uh, first two episodes are absolutely stellar. Do not get scared off by Scooter being Black Lightning. Uh, Scooter from Living Single. Do not get scared off on that. That was not my first choice uh, for Black Lightning, but he does stellar work in the show. So very, very good. All right. So as the producer of this podcast, I am going to sign off. Go ahead and sign off, Will Stacks. Will Stacks is out. Hey. All right, we'll see you guys on the other side. Peace.